1: What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesey, joined by my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson and Dalton Miller. Uh, we are here to talk a little bit, of, uh, a little bit, not a whole lot about the Cowboys' uh, Week Four victory over the Carolina Panthers um, to improve to three and one and really put themselves uh, as one of the the better teams in the NFL and a legit NFC contender. Um, we feel like the division. Not going to say it's already wrapped up, but we feel like they got a really, really good shot to win this NFC East division and really have a pretty decent shot based on these first four weeks of getting to an NFC championship game. And we're going to talk about some guys that are helping this team get to that point that maybe aren't being talked about enough. Before we do that, fellas, how y'all doing today?
2: Doing pretty well, man. Uh, Hard not to be doing great after three straight wins. So got the Giants coming up.
3: How, about, how are y'all doing? Fantastic. We uh, actually have the Dallas Cowboys number six in the power rankings currently, mm-hmm. and
0: this low, team feels low.
3: different. This team. Feel, well, I mean, listen, you, you got green. Bay hater, ahead not of them, top five. The Browns <laughs> ahead of them, the Bucks ahead of them, the Bills, and then the Cardinals are obviously the only undefeated team in the NFL, and they beat the team that I thought was the best in the league in Los Angeles. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys yeah. at six is still pretty good, and honestly, we're like twelve or, or thirteen teams deep right now that are pretty good in the NFL.
2: Yeah, so yeah, being sure. being
3: in the top half of that is definitely something to to be proud about.
1: Yeah, the, the Bills will play somebody one day. Um, <laughs> this week they play the Chiefs. I know that'll be a good test for them. That's the team that people are throwing in there as like a top three team, and like, I well, mean, I had them in the Super Bowl yeah before the year idiot but their defenses hey, i mean they're dominating teams they're
3: dominating teams yeah. that they should be dominating um and they had one bad game in the first week against the steelers who we know are dog water now but uh i mean i, I think that they're they're pretty good overall but we're we're off sh- topic
1: yeah no no, no. i mean it, it ties all in we're talking about where they where they're falling in but um So we want to go through today and talk about some guys who aren't being talked about enough. Um, If you guys – if I like go black and just disappear, I just poured some like crazy drain cleaner down my bathtub because my wife (laughs) gave my dog a bath yesterday, and it smells like rotten eggs. And that's what took me so long to get on here because I was like, this is going to explode the whole house. So. kind of terrified right now of what's going on in the bathroom i've been researching Hope that doesn't happen. yeah so i just wanted to let you know if i like <laughs> disappear i might might have just been in an explosion so just call we appreciate name. the heads up yeah, yeah yeah i still smell it and i'm like three rooms away and i'm like holy crap this could not be good but um uh, yeah so i'm to get that off the chest in case we do have to uh let Cole and Dalton run the show. But um so let's talk about some of these fellas. We got uh we got five or we actually got six we're gonna talk about. We got an honorable mention guy that we wanted to bring up. He's being talked about a lot, you know, recently, but we still think he deserves more credit than he's getting. Um first guy I wanted to start with, and we're all kind of we're just gonna go through this list and each give kind of our opinions on them. You know, like if we agree that, you know, we think that they're playing at the level um, that we think they are. If anybody has any you know, issues with it, let us know. But um, also, Adigie Zoa is the number one guy we wanted to talk about, rookie out of UCLA, defensive tackle, a position that rookies normally don't perform all that well at. takes them a year or two to really get going. Uh, we've seen that with your, your Derrick Browns and your – I mean, again, across the league, a lot of guys get drafted high at that position, and Quentin, you know, Quentin Williams is, is another guy. So there's there's a lot of guys around the league who get drafted high, and they really it takes them a few years to make an impact. But Osa's come in; he's been pressuring quarterbacks, he's been good against the run, he's been sacking quarterbacks, uh, really been a complete player and, and filled in really nicely for Neville Gallimore, a guy who we had high expectations going in, um, but I think he's he slotted in really well and played really well in the absence of Gallimore. And again, you could, you could argue that he's earned that spot when Gallimore does come back, which bodes well for the depth of this team. But what do you guys think of Osa through four weeks? And is there anything maybe you agree slash disagree with on the narrative of Osa after four NFL games? Well,
3: I mean, I I think he's been darn near a, a top five rookie of the entire class and, There's been some really, really good performing rookies so far in the NFL season. Uh, With with Osa, man, like you said, he's really affecting the game in multiple different ways. Uh, He's second in the NFL uh, for rookies uh, in pressures with 15, and he's up there with with the likes of guys like Nick Bosa and, and Chandler Jones in that respect. And then he also has three sacks on top of that through four games. This is a guy that... You know, we kind of liked coming out. It was kind of like, yeah, we, we like the fit, yeah. especially in kind of an odd front. And, you know, we right. can play a little bit of the five tech, play a little bit of the three. And he's come in. I think he looks a little bit bigger than he was at UCLA. And he's playing a lot bigger than he did at UCLA. Right. And and honestly, man, he's still got that same burst. Um, And he's really, really <laughs> made things difficult for interior offensive linemen so far early in his NFL career. So I'm shocked honestly by how good he has been as a rookie um and and, you know that goes for the other rookie on the the defense as well but he's he's really kind of in my opinion been the unsung hero for this defense because i think i'm a one of the biggest proponents of interior pressure is the biggest difference maker on a football team because it's the thing that can affect the quarterback good quarterbacks especially the most getting that interior pressure and and that's what osa brings man it's it's really been a treat to watch
1: yeah, you said something real quick before we get to Cole that, you know, coming out of UCLA, like he was such a smaller dude that you kind of questioned, will it transfer? Like that was like my biggest thing is like, will, you know, because he even lined up at nose for UCLA some at his size and just sometimes he was on and sometimes he got moved around a little bit when the when bigger guys were able to get his hands on him. So I learned a lot with his evaluation because you kind of got to, I mean, always, you know, we always take the players, we evaluate them and then, kind of translate okay this is where he'll fit best in this scheme and I probably unfairly knocked him for his size because of some of those reps where he was playing out of position at UCLA and not not being the player that you know we projected him to be in the NFL so I learned a lot from his evaluation and even though like you said like I liked the player you know I had him right outside the top 100 but when you look at what he did at UCLA as far as his burst and his ability to get up the field when he's in those opportunities and the quickness and the power he played with even being an undersized guy in that spot, like I wish I would have graded him out a little bit more fairly than I did, but something I'll, I'll learn from and come back, you know, next time I'm looking at a player like that, I'll try to take it take it from there and, and be better next year. But Cole, what you got on Osa?
2: Yeah, Osa's been really impressive. Um, I agree with what y'all were saying about him. Um, When Neville Gallimore went down in the uh, preseason, a lot of us panicked, um, rightfully so, because the defensive tackle depth. But Osa's really stepped up in that role and has been better than, especially me, I don't want to speak for y'all, but I feel like me and a lot of people, more than we expected. You know, he's exceeded those expectations. He's playing really well. Dalton mentioned the interior pressure. He was all over. Jalen Hurts in that Eagles game, it seemed like he was blowing up that line of scrimmage. He was forcing him to throw the ball uh, you know, sooner than he wanted to. And I think that really set the tone for that entire game. Um, Osa's been incredible. Like Dalton said, he's a borderline top five rookie in this class so far. And that's more than what anybody could expect from getting in the third round, especially like this early in the season. Um, the uh, potential of pairing him and once Gallimore returns to the football field together. Uh, and then you got Parsons on that defensive line. Uh, you know, when they use him down there, Colson looked good as a um, rookie. If you can get all those guys together, that's going to be really exciting. Uh, that's a good young core, but Osa individually, has been really, really good. He's caught my eye in almost every single game this year. Um, and I'm really excited about where he can go. But, yeah, the Eagles game especially is the one that stands out to me. It just seemed like every time I looked up, he was in the backfield. He was causing some kind of disruption, and um, I'm really excited about what he could do because I think he's just scratching the surface of what um, his potential is in this defense.
1: Yeah, no, definitely agree. Um, again, especially – I mean, you know, we're not just talking about rookies. Like, it's not five most impressive rookies. Like, to do this as a rookie at the defensive tackle position yeah. is what's the most impressive to me just yeah, because- that's. That's not much I, help
3: I, either. Yeah, I mean, that's why I brought up who he's company with right now when it comes to the pressures, because I mean, it is right. it's guys like Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones, who are some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. That's yeah. what we're getting. Pretty that's what company. we're getting from that
1: third-round rookie.
3: So it's, it's, mm. it's, it's pretty nice to see. That's
1: just not Those a guys position. are rushing off
3: the edge, too.
1: He's right. doing yeah. it for right. the interior. It's just not a position that you come in as a rookie. And like like I said, even the good ones, not like Derek no. Brown, Quentin Williams, like the dudes who are slated to come in as rookies and make these huge impacts normally don't. But um, So the next guy I want to talk about is J. Ron Curse, a guy who wasn't drafted but came in as a free agent acquisition. And you can make the the uh, case that he was the best free agent acquisition of the season. But uh, what do you guys got on Curse? and? You know, when do you do you think when Donovan Wilson gets back, he'll be uh, still a starter at that safety spot? Do you think he'll play more big nickel? Like, where do you see him kind of slotting in when Wilson does get back?
3: Yeah, I would love to see them play a little bit more big nickel. Uh, I, I really, 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 really like J. Ron Kirk. He's always splashing um, for me. I really like him covering tight ends. He's six foot four. He's long. He's athletic. We've seen what he's able to do against them. And I think that he can play kind of as that dime uh, or nickel linebacker, um, And so for me, that's probably where I would would lean towards of of him kind of being that third safety. And and what I like about this football team the most is that we can rotate these safeties pretty much however we want because all four of these guys can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I would keep Malik Hooker away from the box as much as possible, but I think the other three guys are pretty interchangeable overall. And then you can have, your guys like J Ron curse do the specialty things like chasing around tight ends. Um, so I, I think that I would like to see him still get, you know, 30 to, to 50 snaps a game uh, on most occasions, just because I think that he can be one of those playmakers a lot. Like we saw Dono when, when he first came into the, the, the league as a, a Dallas Cowboy.
1: Yeah. Cole, you got thoughts on curse.
3: Yeah. Um, Curse is
2: a guy this really surprised me. Um, he's, you know, he was a guy in the preseason and uh, training camp. There's a time there that some people are wondering if he was going to make the roster, where he was, where, what his role was going to be, if he was just going to be a special teams player, and all these things. And he's really, um, you know, like you said, it's been arguably the. Uh, most impressive free agent they've signed, if not clear the the best free agent they've signed this off season. He's making an impact um, in run support. He's make, you know he's making big hits in the secondary. He's uh, really been an impact player for this team. I think he's setting the tone for the defense. I mean, you don't have Demarcus Lawrence out there. Randy Gregory's missed a couple games. Him and Diggs have really set the tone and set the attitude. You know, Parsons as well. They have that swagger that they're really uh, – that's really, you know, rubbing off on everybody else. But, yeah, Curse has been a guy that I think will have a role even moving forward when Donovan Wilson does return. I think they'll try to get, you know, three or four of those guys, you know, KZ, um, all those guys on the field um, together. And I think the Cowboys went from having a real safety – question mark if not a big concern going into the season to a really good problem to have you know or more we're, we're, we're kind of worried or not worrying but we're kind of wondering who what packages they're going to do to get these four guys on the field and uh you know with Malik Cooker as well what they're going to do how they're going to um you know that you know split up the snaps and stuff like that so it's gone from a real I think he's played a huge role in you know improving the set the safety position as a whole, I think we gave them all a D and an F going into that, going into the season. Now you can argue it's a strength on this team. So I've been really happy with Javon, with Jaron Curse, excuse me. And I think, uh, I think he will have a big role on his team, even when, um, you know, Wilson does come back.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, between, like I said, what you said with him in run defense, and then he should have a pick on the year. He got robbed of a pick yeah. in week three, I think it was against Herbert or two. Whenever they play the Chargers, I think it was. P.I. call, yeah, yeah. Like he's making some plays in coverage, and like that's my biggest thing with Wilson is it's just like I've seen him in coverage for long enough to know that's not where he's gonna you know make his money. And I feel like Curse is covering the tight ends pretty well, so you know I, I'm interested to see what Quinn does with those guys when they all get back. And and again, you know. It's weird because a lot of this defense has a very similar prototype, like the Trayvon Diggs, J. Ron Kirsch, Nayon Wright, like outside of Hooker and Kazee, like those secondary players are long. They're they're big. They're kinda of like those big nickel guys. So I'm interested to see when Wilson gets back, do they go to playing you know, do they take Jordan Lewis off the field and play Curse as that like nickel defender and just try to overwhelm those slot defenders with size. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh with him when they when they get everybody back and healthy but um
0: vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in
1: Next guy we want to touch on is Cedric Wilson, uh, my favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time, um, a true legend in the making. And again, like he filled in for Michael Gallup, and I feel like when Michael Gallup went out, we touched on like, yeah, it's gonna hurt, but it's not gonna hurt that bad because the quarterback's as well. You still got two really good wide receivers at the top, but then you have the situations where Amari Cooper starts getting banged up and he's not able to you know, play to his full potential. And you have guys like Cedric Wilson step up and Noah Brown step up. And I mean, for me, I just think Cedric Wilson is, you know, for most teams he could be a solid wide receiver, you know, like he's like, I don't know who to compare him to, but like he's not a wide receiver one. He's not an ideal wide receiver two, but like he is like what you want is your wide receiver three, just because his ability to play inside out, his ability to get vertical, his ability to, you know, make plays after the catch. We've seen that. So, I love Cedric Wilson. I think he's a, you know, an ideal wide receiver three for most teams. I think his special teams impacts good. So I loved him coming out of Boise. had a second round grade on him. And and for me, you know, it's, it's really cool to kind of see him blossom into the player that I thought he could be coming out of Boise. So hopefully he keeps it up and either, you know, he sticks around and signs a relatively team friendly contract with the Cowboys if they decide to move on from Michael Gallup or, whatever they end up doing, maybe he can stick around. Or if not, you know, he could be one of those guys who get that Laurent Robinson contract where they, he gets a lot more than you think he is because of what some teams see in his abilities, both as a receiver and special teams player.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he's been really good. And, and I think for him, he's that perfect. He can play as a wide receiver three on almost every single football team right. in the NFL. But as a wide receiver four, he's perfect because he can play all three positions right so for for him to be that versatile versatile um I, I really enjoy how good Cedric Wilson has been, and like you already said, he's got the special team's upside as well, so i'm a I'm a big fan of his I, I'm not as big of a fan as you are <laughs> obviously Connor, but he's really been kind of made it so I haven't really thought
1: right about michael
3: about Gallup. Michael Gallup much. Yeah. I just haven't missed him.
1: And, and we're not saying Michael Gallup's not, no, not as at good all. Michael Wilson,
3: Gallup's just, better than than Cedric. It's
1: kind of like Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Like Michael Parsons' impact as a pass rusher has made you almost be like, oh yeah, Demarcus Lawrence still is in here. Like when he gets back, that'll be nice. Like that type mm-hmm. of situation. But I think this
2: is like the worst. I think Cedric's emergence. I like I'm kind of like you, Connor. I loved him at Boise State um I actually went to the same community college that Cedric Wilson went to oh, so I have really? that bias yeah I have that bias with me as well I've kind of always you know liked him he's big time player or Boise state he's been good with the Cowboys as well, obviously. I think his emergence and then Dalton Schultz and all these guys' emergence over the last few weeks kind of – it's probably the worst thing to happen to Michael Gallup's free agents value with the Cowboys especially. Now he'll still get a deal on the market, but the Cowboys are probably thinking, we don't need to pay this guy. Um, I love Gallup, so obviously I want to keep him here. But but on the topic of Cedric Wilson, yeah, I mean he's kind of made us forget about um, Michael Gallup in the sense that he's still having production in that wide receiver three role it kind of reminds me of a little bit of like Emmanuel Sanders type of player Sanders has a little bit higher ceiling obviously he could be a wide receiver too but I mean Sanders can also he also has experience being that wide receiver three as well you know they kind of have similar body types they play similar roles I feel like they can stretch your field they're in that intermediate game I don't know if Cedric Wilson ever have a career like Emmanuel Sanders but he's a good player that's uh created a Connection with Dak Prescott. I feel like Prescott does have a lot of uh, trust in him. Yeah, um, obviously he's, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that showed up at Dak's house and, you know, they practice on that field as well. So I'm sure that goes along with that. Um, Dak uh, got him open on that fourth down. He did a good job of, you know, finding open space when Dak was scrambling against the Eagles on that fourth and goal. Um, he caught that touchdown last week on Sunday where he had that six spin, spin move that, uh Panthers can con- contain um he's not a guy that's going to put up any gaudy numbers he's probably never going to be a fantasy relevant receiver um things like that but I think he's a really consistent really reliable guy that you want like you said you want that to be your wide receiver three wide receiver four guy you want to have that in your wide receiver room and I think he uh complements the other the other two and when Gallup comes back the other three um really really well so yeah I think he, some people were starting to notice him because of the touchdowns, but even when he doesn't score, you know, he's so versatile. He has experience in the in special teams being a punt returner. I'm just a big fan of him overall and I think he does deserve a little bit more uh, you know, attention and some credit.
1: Was it I think I don't think it was the Panthers game. I think it was the uh the Eagles game, he made the block when it looked like he was coming around on like a jet oh, yeah, a jet yeah, motion yeah. or I can't uh, remember what and, uh, yeah, he does many like, little things. Right, yeah. right. Like I think he was actually supposed to be a receiver on that play, but he was he just picked up like, oh, if I go out in the flat, Dak's gonna get sacked, so I'm gonna get in the way of this, you know, this guy here, and we'll figure it out. So, like you said, yeah. like just the special team stuff. The, you know, I feel like there's nothing like there's nothing that he wows you on, but everything he does across the board is just solid. Like he's got consistent hands. He, you know, he can high point the ball. He can went on his releases like you can just kind of do everything from from all three positions like Dalton said so it's really oh, yeah. he, he's a player you want to have on your roster and you know we, we went through like the Tavon Austin phases where that was your fourth wide receiver and he made some <laughs> plays while he was in Dallas but like it's nice to you know I think said's an upgrade over that but or the 2018 season where yeah a disaster hurts, yeah. baby yeah said <laughs> yeah, might be the wide receiver one on that team honestly <laughs> honestly, honestly, honestly yeah honestly. but uh <laughs> yeah, the rookie
2: gallop who didn't do anything again him, a march yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: um, so the next guy we're going to talk about is not very exciting and but he's turned into a weapon and from what we're used to um I think he's not getting enough credit because we talked a lot about this position and this player for a long time, and that is the punter position, and Brian Anger's been a pretty pleasant surprise. Uh, You know, there was years for when the Cowboys lined up to punt, you were happy if it went 40 yards. It was like those were few and far between, and now it's kind of – you're seeing what a good punter can do as far as flipping some field position for you and, and really putting some pressure on opposing offenses to, to drive the length of the field. And he's been really good, in my opinion. And, you know, there was some talk kind of going into the season, you know, if, if anger would be the punter, because they were talking about maybe trading for the Rams uh, punter at the time that John Fossil is familiar with, but I think they made the, the right decision and sticking with anger and he's proved to be a, uh, I mean, again, it's hard not to call him a weapon with the way he's punted recently and the, the um, positions he's put opposing teams in with his leg uh, when the Cowboys do have to punt, which thankfully has been relatively uh, limited through four weeks. But, I mean, I know it's the punter, but do you guys have anything to touch on with him before we move on?
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, punting was something that we were getting concerned about during the end of, you know, Chris Jones' tenure with the Cowboys. Uh, it made the offenses, and I mean, it put, excuse me, it made the defenses, like, effort and much, like, everything like that. It made their job harder, you know. The special team or the field position was always uh, a challenge for the defense. It was already shorthanded and already, you know, not a strength on the team. It made their job even harder to uh, get off the field, to prevent points. Um, so now, we, now the Cowboys have a punter that can, um, you know, pin the opponent down deep, either football. Or, you know, field position and just not shank every punt or anything like that is huge for the defense. And I think we're seeing that pay off a little bit as well. Um, they put the field a little bit against the Buccaneers and that helped the defense, you know, get some turnovers. And uh, they're on territory, which, you know, went a long way in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like not many people really – to pay attention and care about special teams, whatever the case is, especially the punter. It's not the most glamorous position, but I do think that is one of the most underrated aspects of this team. I think it's improving, um, you know, special teams as a whole, which is a really, really something the Cowboys need to improve on, as we all know. And I think it is having an impact on the defense.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's fourth in net average for punts, um, and six of his 12 punts have ended up inside the twenty. So, I mean, you're looking at some pretty good numbers right there from a punter Um, and only 25 return yards against, uh, which means that your return team is getting down there. Now, it's only six returns, but, you know, the the Detroit Lions have had six return punts and they've given up 68 yards. Um, The Arizona Cardinals, six punts, 35 yards, so 10 more. Um, And then you look at Green Bay, five punts. 60 return yards. So the, the the Cowboys return team has done a really good job um, or, or punt team has done a really good job with going down and tackling guys too. So that shows me that Anger's getting some good air on it and he's putting in the, in the right spots where guys are able to pursue the ball carrier. So I, I think it, it's been fantastic to see field position actually flip for the first time in what seems like years.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, like I said, I, I think it was... You know, when there was talk about trading or if the punter gets released to, to sign Johnny Hecker, I just, I mean, Johnny Hecker wasn't the dude that you think he is. I mean, the numbers kind of proved it. You you know, the Rams special teams unit haven't been as good as it, it once was. So I think they made a good decision by sticking with the guy who they signed, you know, in free agency to come in, who was also a veteran. But, you know, the numbers weren't suggesting that he might be, you know, going the wrong direction. So good on the Cowboys front office for you know, maybe uh, sticking their nose in there and, and not letting John Fossil bring in another one of his, his buddies from the Rams. But uh, next guy we want to touch on, and then we just got one honorable mention guy we want to touch, is um, a guy that, you know, we're very familiar with, everybody listens, is very familiar with, but we just don't think he's getting a ton of credit. Um, maybe it's because the expectations are high and you just kind of expect him to be good, but Tyron Smith, I mean, We're talking about how good Zach Martin is. We're talking about, you know, how good Terrence Steele's been in his absence. You know, Connor Williams has been good. Tyler Biotis has been a little hit or miss. But, like, no one's mentioning Tyron Smith's name. And for a, you know, it's not that he's old, but he's a veteran in the league who a lot of people have mentioned maybe trading, moving on from, releasing, saving cap space, whatever it is, like, the dude's – playing like a top five left tackle in the league after a lot of people kind of doubted that he'd stay healthy, doubted his, you know, ability to defend some of these, you know, quicker, stronger edge rushers. But, you know, he got surgery, took care of some of his issues. He's not wearing the big old neck roll anymore. And he looks like some of the best version of Tyron Smith we've seen, you know, in in a while. So it's nice to kind of get him back and get him, you know, back to his old self and he's moving well you know, he's practicing all week. I think that's a big thing, too, you know, where he's not limited in practice. He's not nursing anything, which, you know, let's all knock on wood that that doesn't end up coming, you know, cropping back up. But through four games, I think Tyron Smith's playing, like, one of the best left tackles in the, the league. He's, you know, he looks healthy. He looks like himself. And I think that's huge to this this team's success because, you know, last year we saw what it looked like without him. Obviously, Lyle wasn't here, too. They missed Zach Martin for some. But I just think Lyle kind of – I mean, uh, Tyron, excuse me, kind of cements this offensive line as that unit. They can run the football. They can pad, They can—they can beat you in whichever way they want. And, again, once you get Lyle back, that will only make it stronger. But we're seeing this offensive line play the best it's played in a long time. And I think a lot of it's got to do with Tyron Smith being back and healthy. But, yeah. Um, you guys got anything to add on on Tyron?
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely. 249 offensive snaps, um, three hits – or no, sorry, sorry, 278 offensive snaps. My bad, my bad. One sack, one hit, two hurries, four pressures. That's it.
1: I'll take that every day of the week.
3: Take You will take that absolutely every single day of the week. He's been fantastic in the moment. I saw that he was no longer wearing the neck roll. I thought that the back was not going to be the same issue. It had been in the past that neck brace comes back on or that neck roll comes back on. Then we got to start worrying again, but he looks so good right now. Um, and only one penalty against him this year as well. So I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. And it's not like they haven't faced a, a couple of nice pass rushers too. They have. So, uh, just really impressed with what we've seen from him so far and and hope that he stays healthy because now all of a sudden you can't trust your right tackle to stay healthy. So you really hope the left one is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it going into the year with Tyron Smith, um, not wearing a neck roll, you know, that was a big thing to me just because that was his first time not wearing it in what years. I think that showed he was healthy I um, mean, you mentioned the snaps he's playing. Um, he obviously he looks and he's playing, you know, like he's fully healthy, which is something that this team obviously needed. Um, where we're word, I mean, he what played two games last year. He We always joked about how you would have to plan for three or four games without Tyron Smith uh, just because injuries and, you know, age and all that kind of stuff are getting to him. And we're still early, early in the season. But to this point, I mean, he's playing like his, He's playing like his, um, he's fully healthy. He's, like Connor said, solidifying the offensive line. Um, without Leo Collins, too. I mean, he up there in Steelers is playing above expectation on the other side. But even he's not a world beater. So that puts more pressure on him. Um, he's, I think we've all, I think the reason why he's not getting enough credit is because we just expect it from him, you know, right or wrong. I mean, he's future Hall of Famer. We expect him to play at this level. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely earned all the respect that we can give him he deserves some more credit all of that like that um yeah i mean if you keep waller healthy or i don't know why i just said waller somebody texted me Waller. if you keep tyron smith healthy um that's obviously means big thing for the cowboys but yeah i know i sum it all up um i really like what how he's playing and i don't i don't think we're giving enough credit for him solidifying that offensive line without leo collins on that other side
1: Yep, no, I, I definitely agree, and like I said, just, it's kind of just his career arc, too, like, over the last two years, there's been a lot of people, and again, like, us included, I know we, we've thrown out the idea of, like, is that a guy you move on from, is that a guy you try to trade and get some capital from, but I mean, again, it's just, if he's going to play this level, you just let that bad boy ride out, because he's, uh he's, you know, his contracts is about as team-friendly as it can possibly get, you know, he's He's playing at a high level. It's just there's no reason to really, you know, if he's healthy, he's 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 a dude and he needs to be here uh, for a long time. So, um, last guy we're going to mention is an honorable mention, and the only reason we did not include him is because we feel like he's getting, um, you know, a little bit more uh, notoriety over the last, you know, couple weeks, um, than than you know than he than he was before. Um, but over his career, it's a guy that we didn't think a ton of. You know, we we talked a lot about you know maybe adding his position in the draft early if it fell to him. So we want to give Dalton Schultz, um, you know, a, an honorable mention round of applause because he's been he's been really really good. I mean, he's ranking out right now. Was is, is I, I think PFF has him as the uh, second best tight end in the NFL as far as grades go. Um, he's ranked sixth in receiving yards Um, as far as tight ends go. um, He's ranked, um, let's see, he's tied for second with uh, touchdowns as far as uh, tight ends go, and then he's ranked uh, third in the league. He's tied for third with uh, Darren Waller as far as um, receptions go for tight ends. So, I mean, we once kind of named Blake Jarwin as the, the unanimous tight end one, Uh, on this team, you know, especially last year going into last year. And then when he got hurt, we all kind of went into panic mode because we hadn't seen anything from Dalton Schultz that told us he could be, you know, a much, you know, uh, a player in the NFL, much less a starting tight end in the NFL. But then he kind of turned it on uh, through the midway point of last season, played really well. And then this year he's been probably even better than he was last year, you know, in the first four weeks. So it's really nice to see him blossom, um, into a player and kind of like I said with Cedric Wilson, a guy that I liked a lot more than a lot of people um, a few years ago coming out of Stanford. Um, but, you know, it's been cool to kind of see him blossom because it was, it was a rough first two years for the Hive, I can tell you that much. It was a uh, – it was a you know, we were talking about cutting him, you know, what's he, what's he on the roster for, and now he's, he's performing like one of – I mean, I think you could easily slot him in as a top ten tight end in the NFL. I mean, there's not a ton of – great ones there out there right now minus kittle and kelsey and wallers and those type of guys but i mean i think you could slot him in as a top 10 tight end and i don't know if there's much argument there for that not to be the case
2: kind of topic um, you're talking about cutting schultz and all of that we it was too long ago we looked at that draft as just an utter disaster you know you <laughs> tristan hill was the first pick um they weren't using pollard at all schultz didn't look like he had any value um Cedric Wilson in that draft uh, as well I think he was I see that year um but I mean not to say that draft was amazing or anything but Charles just turned into a, a reliable player Pollard's getting touches and stuff as well but Charles, yeah he's really taking a step that I did not really see coming um like you said we all penciled in Jarwin as a starter last year I think most of us at least going into training camp and preseason had jarwin is the front runner for that position but schultz has really separated himself it's almost like jarwin's an afterthought in the offense i know he had the touchdown or whatever but schultz is getting the bulk of the targets at the position he's getting a bulk of the snaps i believe and he's really making an impact uh similar to cedric wilson he seems to be building trust with doc prescott i know he had those two fumbles but both fumbles were like you know really big hits um one was overturned and he recovered. Yeah, and he's really stepped up in a big way. I think he is starting to get more credit because of the touchdowns and because of the last two performances, but I agree. He's a guy that we definitely need a shout-out.
1: John?
3: Honestly, I don't really have all that much. He's been fantastic. Uh, I... Wasn't a huge fan of his coming out. I thought that honestly he was going to be a blocking tight end coming out of Stanford, yeah. and then it turns out that you know he's a, a better athlete than we ever gave him credit for at Stanford, and he didn't get a lot of play there because he right. wasn't six foot nine, and it's all he do there is throw 50-50
1: balls to six foot nine tight ends all the time. Um, it's he's kind of the Osa better, thing, yeah. Like for it's me, a, like he just wouldn't put the he wasn't put in those positions to really yeah. blossom into what we exactly. thought. Exactly.
3: And, you know, he has been fantastic the last year and a half. So I, I love, you know, to see a Dalton thrive. Um, he's a <laughs> Dalton. He's a gamer. He's good looking. I am officially on the train.
1: I mean, there there is a time, you know, there's a time where when the Cowboys went out on 12 personnel, despite the play call, we were like, Jesus Christ, it. what the yeah. hell are they doing? And I was like, sick, like. I mean, a Jarwin hasn't been, like, great by any means, but, like, he's not been bad either. Like, when they target him, it seems to be working. You know, he had a score the other day. So, like, he's got his role. It's just I think Dalton Schultz has developed into the more complete tight end, like his route trees and everything. Like, Dalton's almost, I mean, Dalton, uh, Blake Jarwin, excuse me, is kind of the guy who's going to, you know, attack the seams and be more of a vertical tight end threat. And Dalton Schultz does a lot of the the stuff Jason Witten did for years. You know, still attacking the middle of the field, but more of the short intermediate routes and... We haven't seen him catch anything, you know, massive down the field, but he's got a little bit more shake in his game after the catch. You know, he's been a present, you know, in the red zone. So Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, like those those two seem to like targeting Dalton Schultz. And if he keeps producing at the rate he is, it'll probably continue. And that'll, that'll bode well for the team. But that's all the time we have for today. Uh, the Cowboys got a, a big one coming up this week. Um, you know, division game, even though we don't think the Giants are all that good. And anytime you can – Put one up on a division opponent. It's a big game. And, again, we, we talk about how these division games are normally a lot closer than you think they are. Obviously, they proved us wrong in that sediment in Philly, so maybe they can come out and do that again against the Giants at home and uh, keep this bad boy rolling. But uh, we'll look to prove to 4-1 and, and continue our, our reign on the NFC and, and get ready for some some little bit tougher opponents in the mid part of this year. So I can't wait for this team to play Kansas City and really give us another test of where they're at. but. All right, you fellas got anything else? Uh, no. All right, we summed it up pretty well. Let's get another win on, on Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna get out of here. We'll uh, we'll be back next week, and hopefully it's a four and one. We're really we're really flying high uh, in the NFC East, and you know, waiting to play Washington uh, in a couple weeks and, and get ready for them, and maybe go three and zero in the first three games of the NFC uh, East opponents. But we'll be back next week on the Talk the Star podcast.
3: Perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.